Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Previously on White Collars, Red Hands. Jordan Belfort, the boy from the Bronx who became an ice cream salesman, a meat salesman, and then a stockbroker. A man who climbed the ladder of success until he owned his own brokerage firm. This week, we'll get into the wild lifestyle of he, him and his employees, and also his ultimate downfall. Buckle up for this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. It's a nonstop party. It is. This episode. It was It was a nonstop party at Stratton Oakford, or Stratton Oakmont. <laughs> I don't Scott, know Stratton Oakford is is the different wine bottle. That's the other wine bottle. They were thinking um, about it. No, Stratton Oakmont. It was a wild place to be. The work environment and the office, they were absolutely insane. Welcome back to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Part two, baby. This, this is Kashan Bachelador, and I am Nina Kern. We are continuing the episode on Jordan Belfort. Um, this is a very exciting episode. It's going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. I, I got a question. Yeah. So I noticed you pronounced the T. You are supposed to say day. the T. It is? I'm pretty sure. I never known. I thought it was like French. You got to say Belfour. Well, for a long time, I thought they were saying Belford. What's Belfort? Yeah, it's Belfort. Oh, man. I've been saying that wrong this whole time. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. Who really chooses how to say words? Yeah. Let's jump back into this crazy story. So, the atmosphere and work environment at Stratton Oakmont was absolutely insane. Kind of like a Wendy's. I've never worked at a Wendy's. I'm just assuming it's insane. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've both worked at an insane place together I mean, before. But this was actually more wild than that place. Um, no way. Yes, I mean, I yes, believe it, actually. If anything in the movie was true... Then, yeah, it, it was, was pretty It was pretty wild. It was. Um, if you've seen Wolf Over Wall Street, it apparently appears to be just as crazy as it was portrayed in the movie. Um, there were a lot of drugs in the office, including cocaine and mandrax, which otherwise is known as quaaludes. Which aren't around anymore. No, they're not. I actually didn't know what mandrax was, so I had to look it up. And it's a... Do you know how to say that word? Uh, methoqualone. Yes, which is a sedative and a hypnotic medication. And apparently when you take it, it actually gives you a very pleasant high and it makes you have freer sex. I think if, if it had like uh, an equivalent, it would be like opiates. So stuff yeah. like... It, it's definitely like a... Like a it's a downer. Like like a downer that gives you uh, a euphoric, like like sleepy kind of high, kind of like yes. heroin and shit. But yes. uh, yeah, I think it was used to like help you sleep and for pain. Yes, it pain was. In like the this time yes yes um i did see something i didn't have this confirmed but jordan belfort was actually um prescribed quaaludes because of a back injury oh and that's how this all started i only saw that one place and i can't like completely confirm that but a lot of times these were given quaaludes were given to people for sleeping 
Okay. Yeah. That was what it was originally really used for. Also, what does free or sex mean? Um, so apparently um, the drug, this this one article I read, the drug, it said that the drug can make you really horny. Okay. Um, but it all, so like you were very uninhibited when you were doing this. So you'd be like, yeah, I'll suck your toe or like put it in my butt. Yeah. Well, who cares? I don't know. It was. It was very. You just okay. like didn't really care what you were doing. Like um, poppers before poppers were a thing. Yeah, and it also could make you have memory loss. So unfortunately, it was sometimes used Great. in so, not good ways. So, oh well, I was gonna say after you, you know, you you have your light, your loosey goosey uh, butt stuff sex, you could for, you could not remember it, but yeah, and you also could give but, it to people to but, take advantage of. Yes, them. I guess you could also roofie someone, which yes. is the is the very not fun side of that. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Um, the high can actually it, it. I've heard varying things about the high. Jordan Belfort said that they, but he also like, and we'll get into it. But he wildly abused these. Oh, for sure. So he was like, oh yeah, the high only lasts a couple of hours. But then other things I was seeing that if you're taking these correctly, the high can last like six hours. That's a which long time. sounds miserable. Cause, so because like I've taken oxy for like I threw out my back a couple of times, like really bad. Um, and I try not to take opiates, but I did, uh, those times. Um, well, if they're prescribed, it's yeah. fine. And I mean, it lasts for like an hour. <laughs> so, yeah. And I never take them. And it was like the one time or the two times I've taken them, it would last for like an hour. So never. quaaludes get you fucking high for six hours. That's for some, Jesus. that's what it said in this one article. Um, but I still was like kind of confused on what it felt like you know what i mean i was kind of confused by it but in this one interview yeah yeah well in this one interview belfort says that it feels like a head-to-toe blowjob when you take it but it progressively but it it sounds like it does get progressively worse because he was talking about how there's like four phases of the high yeah so like at first it's very euphoric you're very tingly that's like the whole Feels like a head-to-toe when, when, blowjob. Yeah, it feels like a when you nut, but she keeps sucking meme, but like completely in your whole body. Yes, yeah, great. yes. Because then like you start to slur your words and he was talking about drooling a lot. And um, uh, this drug really makes you fun at parties, huh? Yeah. I can't believe they were taking these at work. That was what was like really crazy to me. But and then like there is a point in this high the last stage and i'm not gonna call it what they called it because it was very derogatory but basically it'll make you like freeze up and like you can't talk and you're like like this and so uh which stage is the horny stage the <laughs> drooling stage or I the freeze up stage none of this makes any like sense it's, it's the head-to-toe blowjob i stage? think it's the head-to-toe blowjob euphoric Stage. I thought they said that lasts like the shortest amount of time. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, like the first part sounds fun, but then the rest of it just sounds horrible. Now, when you said you were going to get bricked up on Quaaludes, I didn't know you were just going to like like a statue. Just yeah. Um, Danny Poolrush. One time, I guess they were just doing a ton of cocaine and Quaaludes, and they were going to Vegas, and then they went into the casino, and that was when he was like frozen up, and like he. Like, tried to put his money on the table, and the blackjack dealer was like, or, you know, the dealer was like, you cannot. You can't. Because he was like, you're fucked up. <laughs> you cannot. No. And Jordan Belvert lied, and he was like, told them he had a disability. 
Once again, up. if you are still in Jordan Belfort's corner, like we said at the beginning of last episode, get out. What are you yeah. still doing there? Um, quaaludes, like Kashan said a little bit ago, are now illegal um, for <laughs> obvious reasons, I think. Yeah. Um, they because the government high- makes everything illegal that makes you horny. Everything. Fucking yeah. Puritan theocracy. Well, it's also very pro-life for us to not want to fuck, so. Like, I can't get pregnant and get an abortion if I'm not horny. But is that not, that's not pro-life. That means less, less life. Oh, yeah. I guess you got to be horny work. to have a baby. Checkmate. Okay, Checkmate Puritans. All right, never mind. Um, but these were highly addictive. And as I described the high, it doesn't sound that good. Now, I do think that some of these, like, phases that they were talking about, like, if you actually use these as they were prescribed, like, to go to sleep, maybe you would miss those phases. Yeah, you just... Because you were being asleep. Um, But Belfort says that even after years of being sober, if you put a quaalude in front of him right now, he would take it. I Well, I think that honestly, he's not sober because he's like, I had to change my life and become sober. I feel like he became sober because you can't find quaaludes anymore. No one makes them. No, you don't. They were from the 80s. You can't get them. So now he's just like, well. I'm sober. But he could still do coke. He did a lot of coke. This is what was crazy. So, Belford says that if you take coke at the same time, it'll make you okay because it'll level you out and you won't fall asleep. Oh, man, it's just like drinking. I remember on my roommate in college, Max, he came back, like, trashed. Like, the one of the drunkest I've ever seen pe- someone in my life, honestly. And then he came back. I had no experience with cocaine at this point. No one, I didn't know anyone that did cocaine. So he left, and he came back 10 minutes later, and I swear to God, it was just normal. After he had been trashed? Yeah, and I was like, what the... I, I literally was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you were just absolutely wasted 10 minutes ago. He's like, oh, I just did some coke. And I'm like, how is that how it works? This is crazy. Yeah. Don't do that. That's not, you no, know, this we're, isn't, not we're not supporting that. We're not, we're not endorsing telling you it, to do that. But we're, but you know, just. That is unfortunately how Allegorically, it that is how it happens. Yeah. And I'm actually shocked that Jordan Belfort looks remotely normal with all of his drug use. Well, he got ab implants. It just happens that those ab implants were on his penis. It's true. It's true. Callback. And everyone at the office was abusing drugs so much that dealers would just deliver drugs to the employees in their offices. Like, it didn't matter. Um, Belfort was also extremely, uh, like we said, he was extremely addicted. He would take dozens of pills every day. And then, and he says that before getting his job on Wall Street, he actually never used drugs. I do believe him on that. I believe him. You came from, like, a normal family. Like, you know, it seemed like he had a relatively, like, quote-unquote, normal life. Yeah. Um, But he said that after a while, it was extremely normalized, and that's why he started taking them. Which, I mean, it makes sense. You're surrounded by that environment. People, everybody else is doing it. So you might as well kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. this keeps, you know, this pumps me up, and it makes me sell more, and it blah, blah, blah. People have convinced themselves of this, and, I mean, I think it's very, it makes sense that he would have started doing it. Um, his former lawyer also noted that he was 
always on drugs. Uh, the lawyer actually said in an interview that it was amazing how he was always on drugs. He's like, it was amazing. Um, not in a good way, but Honestly, like, holy I, shit. I would be in awe of this person. Yeah. I mean, like, this is this is a classic, like, don't meet your heroes kind of thing where you meet someone successful and you're like, oh, you're just like a massive cokehead. Like, how, how do you survive? Yeah, he said his eyes were always bugging out of his head. Fun. Yeah, that's how he makes all the. That's how he makes all the sales. Everyone just wants to get him the hell out of the room. Yeah, right. They're, They're like, like, oh my god, just away. we'll buy whatever you're selling. Just stay away from my kids. Yeah. Right ah. now, the drugs in the office are enough for it to be crazy. But that was not all the crazy shenanigans that were going on in that office. Um, it was noted once that two employees, one of them who happened to be a 17 year old assistant. <laughs> These two employees were in a glass elevator and the girl, the assistant, was giving a guy a blowjob and everybody could see it. And Belford said that while this was shocking, no one complained. So he let it happen. But he's like, well, no one he's like, no one submitted a claim to HR. So I guess this is okay." I think there was no HR at this place. I think everything went. You know the play Everything Goes? Uh, everything went at uh, Stratford Oakmont. HR is just a bag of Coke that's in an office labeled HR. Literally. That's what HR is They're like, here. go see HR. And someone just goes down there and like rips a line off of the, off of the desk. And they're <sighs> like, let's go. He did send a memo after that to not have sex between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. while on company property. Guys, we got to focus on work until after 7 and then bone as much as you want on your desks. I don't care. I do think that that's kind of how that went. He was basically like, this is reducing productivity. If everybody's so fucked up on drugs, I get it. Plus, if you're doing quaaludes and they obviously they make you horny. Yeah, for your sex. You know, people are going to do it. They're going to do it. Um, but this didn't really last long. And Belfort himself was actually guilty of breaking the rules on this one. Um, this was kind of crazy. There were also he would also have challenges in the workplace. And one of these challenges would be a stri- they would hire a stripper. Okay. And she would be Classic. Da- she'd be dancing on the table. Uh-huh. And then there would be two employees on either end of the table. And while she was dancing, they would have to try to close a sale while she's dancing and stripping. And who um and then whoever who closed the sale first would get a reward. I don't know what the reward was, but I think it was a sexual favor. Huh. So this office was uh Interesting. I just. I will say, though, that the place that we worked together at times had elements of all these things. Yeah. But they weren't all like so in your face. They also were never endorsed by the business. No, 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 no. Our boss wasn't the one going being like, yeah, let's do let's do this. It was the employees that were doing it and we just knew about it. Yeah, exactly. So and she did let it happen. Yeah. Like she knew about it too, but she let it happen. But it wasn't like we like things like that. It wasn't like that. Man, this just wouldn't be my style. I'd show up to work and they'd be like, we've got a stripper. I'm like, again, I can't. I really need to do some work today, guys. Okay, I got a stack of paperwork on my desk so high. You're like, I, can we not 
not have strippers again? It's like, I can't. Just, You're like, I'm getting bored. Can we do strippers once a week? Can we put on the calendar? And I need to know so that I can get some stuff done previous to that. Just put on the calendar, stripper day, and circle it, send it in a memo. But you got to tell me, please. You got to plan this out. I do kind of wish I was there, though, just for like a couple days. Oh, to it be would be like wild. Oh, to be a fly on fly the ass on the of that wall. stripper. Why, why is there a fly on her ass? I don't know. Snort the cocaine off of it. That's where the because you know they were doing that. That's where the poop come out. I don't no, know. What? Uh. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, tens and thousands of dollars were spent on parties for the company, and everything went at these parties. But Belfort used these parties strategically to get his employees to work harder in order to play harder. And he also used material goods like fancy cars, a yacht, um, riding by helicopter to encourage the employees to work harder so that they could have all the luxuries that he had. Steal more and one day you will also be able to afford these things. Well, right. And Belfort says in his book, despite all it, this he worded this weird, but he said, despite in all the money that they earned, they're all still broke as each other. They spend every cent they have trying to imitate my lifestyle, so they end up having to make ends meet when they earn a million dollars a year. What I mean is, it's easier to control them if they're broke. So he wanted to keep them broke. Mm-hmm. That's another special kind of evil. Yeah, yeah, that's fucked up. He's like, yeah, spend it. Well, this is the same thing that he gets like. You know, like young people ride and people that yeah. aren't in the lifestyle because they're these are people that don't have good decision making skills, right? Which is what landed them working for Jordan Belfort in the first place. Well, right, because if you grab somebody who's nineteen or twenty years old who comes from a middle class family or a poor family and isn't used to having this much money at their disposal, and they're seeing all this around them, it's very easy to manipulate them and to get them to fall into this trap of spending and to be really um, un- ir- irresponsible with their money and stuff like that. Yeah. He's shitty. Yes. Like, I already knew he was shitty, but then when I heard him say that, I was like, you're kind of a monster. Yeah, because they're just like, you can, you can hear about the actions that someone took, but when you hear directly their intentions, I feel like that gives you a much clearer window into just how bad these people are yeah he's a piece of shit one former employee noted that the parking lot was filled with luxury cars that there were no normal cars so like that in and of itself paints a picture not one guy driving a beat up beat up hot rod no one's driving my o2 honda civic i'll tell you that well it wasn't o2 yet but you know the 1902 honda civic of course my one of my favorite models Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And although that seemed like a crazy dream of a lifestyle, it wasn't all that it appeared to be. It was all a huge fraud. No way! Holy shit! What? So, in 1991, Forbes ran an article about Belfort. And I think that Belfort thought that the article was going to go one way. I think 
he thought it was going to sing his praises, yeah. and it definitely went another direction. The journalist highlighted all the sketchy things that were going on at Stratton Oakmont, and the article was, was called, Stakes or Stocks? What's the difference? And that, that stakes spelled like the meat. Yes, yes. For those who... Yes, <laughs> if you remember, um, he was selling meat. Before he started selling stocks. So she's talking about steaks like a T-bone. Um, the article was saying that Belfort's only goal was to make tons of money, which, yeah, that was true. Seems about right, yeah. And the author also stated that they were selling stocks to gullible investors, and it was known that the co- company was doing a lot of really sketchy stuff. I like to imagine that when they invited this person over who was writing the article, they just also had the strippers there. Oh, I'm sh- that'd be funny. They're that'd be like, pretty funny. They're like... We are, we're very, we're business casual here, okay? That's why she's wearing a tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's dressed up in my blazer. It's like, yeah. Don't mind that she has no underwear on. Half, exactly half business, exactly half, half casual. casual. And the casual is the bottomless half. Is it, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the author described him as a twisted Robin Hood who takes from the rich and gives to himself and his merry band of brokers and described his business practices as pushing dicey stocks on gullible investors like we just said i like this i like this author we'd get along <laughs> yeah she's she seems cool um the brokers would promise people fast money that and they would take away a couple thousand dollars right away but then the broker would pressure the victims to Im- invest even more and the victims were actually typically outside of the state of new york so that they wouldn't have connections to wall street and in the 90s as we all know you couldn't just hop online to check this stuff out and verifying verify what they were saying and they would be selling stock for storefronts without an actual like business there were just it wasn't a real company there would just be a name oh man yeah that's not good. Uh. No, no, there wouldn't be a real company. And and now this is where their pump and dump scheme came into play. And just a reminder, when pump for pump and dump, um, this is when you pump the price of the stock up and then you dump your holdings at the inflated price. Now, if you've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street, you'll remember the huge portion of that movie that was about Steve Madden, the shoe company, which actually this is funny when I, I forget where I was, but I was talking about, oh, these shoes by Steve Madden. I want these shoes by Steve Madden. Somebody was like, Steve Madden's a real company? I was like, yes. They're like, I thought they made it up for the movie. (laughs) Have they never picked up a pair of shoes in their life? Apparently not. It was a guy. I will say it was a dumb boy. I I definitely own a pair of Steve Madden shoes because they're cheap. (laughs) There is this pair of pink Steve Madden boots that I want so bad, but I cannot bring myself to pay $130 for Steve Madden boots. Yeah, that's. I think the ones I bought were like thirty dollars. Yeah, I've never I was like, oh, bought right, like sure. super expensive shoes from them. Also, Steve Madden commercials were really weird in the nineties. I watched one in this documentary. All commercials were. It was really, really weird strange. In the 90s, I was like, wow. It felt like I was on acid, and I've never even taken acid. But I was like, wow, this is what being on acid would feel like. It was terrible. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. This is where the Steve Madden thing came into play. So in nineteen ninety three, Belfort wanted to stake. into Steve Madden. He actually, what he wanted to do was own 50% of the company's capital because he knew that the company was going to launch on the stock exchange. But Stratton Oakmont wasn't allowed to own such a huge portion of the company. 
I think because of the penny stock dealings. Yeah, I really may, couldn't understand maybe, why. Maybe because if they're a brokerage firm, maybe they can't own a controlling yes. stake in a public in the in a company or something. Yeah, maybe. I guess maybe. I don't know. Or a certain percentage. Yeah. So what Belfort did was he set up front companies to escape the attention of the SEC, and he used these front companies to buy a huge amount of stock in Steve Madden. Well, other companies saw him doing this. And so they bought stock in Steve Madden, driving the price of the stock up. So the stock initially started out at $5 a share, but it ended up increasing to $18 a share, which is a pretty decent jump right away. Yeah. Um, he then instructed his brokers to sell the stock, making a huge profit. And in 10 minutes, he profit, profited $20 million. Dang, okay, yeah. on shoes. Yep, and he did this more than once with different companies. This was most hurtful to those who bought the stock at the inflated price because then the stock will plummet. And many victims lost hundreds and thousands of dollars, and some of them lost their life savings. Yeah, kind of like all the people that bought uh, GameStop when it was <laughs> when it was at the peak. Yeah. Like, it's going to keep going. Yeah, Don't you and worry. Then and then they lost all of their mm-hmm. money. Yeah, exactly. There started to be word going around Wall Street that the company that there was a company out there that was rewarding their employees with sex workers and that they when they would make a good sale. And after complaints were filed, the SEC got involved. And actually, two agents went into the offices of Stratton Oakmont, but they failed to catch anything. Um, I think Jordan Belfort, even though he's a piece of shit, he also was very he's not stupid. And he was also he was able to hide things really well because he was actually able to skirt the SEC for a really long time. Hmm. But there was an FBI agent named Gregory Coleman who swore that he was going to catch Belfort. And it was hard to catch, really catch what he was doing as well, because none of his employees were willing to cooperate. Yeah, they all really loved working there. They all really I think they admired him. And I think they were addicted to Coke. Well, that, too. (laughs) I mean, that too. He, he had these people like a cult. Like he even said he was a cult leader. We talked about that in the last episode, how he was very much like a cult leader. Yeah. He, it seems like, and from my opinion, that he really brainwashed a lot of these people. And that is why another reason why they wouldn't turn on him. Like you're addicted, you're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to this very materialistic lifestyle. You feel like you owe everything to your boss. Like, the reason I live this great lifestyle is for my boss. Why would I ever turn on my boss to talk about how we're doing things the way we shouldn't be doing them? Yeah. So that was another reason it was really hard to catch him. That's just called living in your 20s in America now. Well, that's true. But after two years, the SEC was finally able to find evidence of wrongdoing. Yes. So Belford ended up having to um, give up leadership of his company and when he was caught, and he had to pay a fine of $2 million, and he lost his trader's license. But he still maintained his status at Stratton Oakmont, and he was still paid a hefty salary of $1 million a month. That's also when uh, I remember that scene in the movie, too, where he's like, he's giving one of the speeches, and he's about to announce that he's leaving, and he's like, I'm not going anywhere like yep. that one. And then everyone's like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. they freak out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. It's that part. <laughs> um, Belfort did fuck up though. Um, even though he was making a million dollars a month in tax, I, 
I'm sorry, making a million dollars a month, he, in order to not pay taxes, he started sending a portion of his income in cash to Switzerland. Like they're not going to know? He like. would he would uh, use couriers to take the money over. It was actually a Swiss woman who was married to an American drug dealer. And he would take cash and put the cash in their luggage or on their person and smuggle the cash out of the United States into different banks in Switzerland. Dude, just pay taxes at this point. Like, I know. Are, it feels like do- a lot of work. Doing? It feels like a lot of work. And you're already in trouble. Like, you're already in trouble. And yeah, now you're doing this. They're looking at you. And you're yeah. like, eh, I'm going to strap this cash to the Swiss woman real quick. They, they said that he would <laughs> literally tape the cash to them. Like, it's so dumb. This is... Just hilarious to think of. It's so dumb that it's you know so what it funny me to of? think of. It, it kind of reminds me of the McMillions episode where the guy would like, I don't know, he would do something in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's the whole That's the whole way he got away with it is that he would just like take him into the bathroom and then the, the female uh, person who would accompany him couldn't go in there with him and he would just like switch them. He would just yeah, switch them out. Yeah, it's just, it's just stupid like that. Yeah. Well, he ended up getting caught. And Stratton Oakmont was always under the scrutiny of the with the National Association of Securities Dealers. And in September of 1996, the National Association of Securities Dealers put the company out of business. But Belfort was not was not indicted until 1999 when he was indicted for securities fraud and money laundering. But when he got caught, he was such a little bitch. He was such a little bitch because, you know, his employees had his back that in whole time. Yeah. You know, they protected him. He ratted everybody out. Of course. He, he literally did. he handed everything over. He handed over all the evidence. He said everybody he worked with, what every single person did, he tattled on everybody. Oh yeah. Jordan said that about me. Well, guess what? He doesn't actually have abs on his penis. I know. I saw. What? And the tea spills. And the tea spills. <laughs> so he was supposed to get for what he had done, he was supposed to get 21 to 27 years in prison, but because he cooperated, he only was got four years in prison, but all of his assets were seized. Squeak, squeak. What a rat. I know. But he was also supposed to pay back $110 million in restitution to his victims. And this was kind of smart what the judge did. He could take 50% of his money and keep it for himself, but then the other 50% went back to paying the victims. And the reason that I felt like this was smart on the judge's end is because he knew that Belfort was capable of making money, but if he took 100% of everything, he wasn't going to be able to come back from that. However, like the majority of our villains here on White Collar's Red Hands, he only served 22 months in prison. Four years of when he could have already served 21 to 20. Yeah. And then he spent less than two years. Oh. But what was cool. very interesting was his cellmate was Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. What did Tommy Chong do? Just I don't smoke, know what he did. Just like have weed? I'm not sure what he did. I bet they put huh. Tommy Chong in prison longer than Jordan Belfer just for having a joint on him, bro. This Let's is. Look. Oh, this is 100% indicative of everything that's wrong with our judicial system in America. Watch, watch us. Drug with, paraphernalia, yeah. Oh, great. He had a pipe on him. Or he only something. had nine months. Still, that's that's like that's like over a third of Jordan Belfort's sentence. That's true. For having like a pipe on him or a bong. Like what yeah, the, right. Like what the hell? That's messed up. Yeah. So during his time in prison, though, 
Jordan Belfort decided to start writing a book, and that is when he wrote his autobiography, and it was published in 2004, and it was called The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, The Wolf of Wall Street hit the bestseller list, and it was sold in 40 countries and translated into 18 languages. And now everyone forgave him. I don't know if they forgave him. They let him get back to being popular. You they know, did. He's got all these interviews well, and yes, stuff now. Yes, he's very popular. And Scorsese made a movie about yes. his life. Yes, and honestly, there isn't much remorse in the book, and he calls himself a victim of capitalism. Great. Um, he says now that he is a changed man, he's a motivational speaker, and he invests in crypto. Didn't, didn't like he just lose a bunch of money in crypto? I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to that. Um, he does work with his motivational speaking. He also works for the Fordham Company in Australia, and but he has an oral agreement with the company. He's not actually, like, they don't have a written contract. He just has an oral agreement. And it Sound, said, sounds like what that 17-year-old receptionist had with that guy in the elevator. <laughs> It's said that the agreement is oral to hide the salary from the U.S. government. Sounds about right, yeah. And we know that there was a highly successful movie that was based off of his two books, The Wolf of Wall Street, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, and Jonah Hill. He says that he preferred Leonardo DiCaprio portraying him over Danny DeVito, (laughs) which I will say, I don't even know if Danny DeVito was like, an option, but they were like, how do you feel about Leonardo DiCaprio depicting you? He's like, oh, I much prefer that over Danny DeVito. But I kind of... Just casually ripping on Danny DeVito, one of the best actors of our generation. Okay, Honestly, I would have loved to see Danny DeVito play that role. It would have been a very different movie. Let's do it. Let's 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 produce the Danny DeVito Wolf of Wall Street. Let's do it. Um, He did say that he is embarrassed now um, about some things that he did, including doing cocaine off of sex workers' asses. But that seems like that's the only thing he's embarrassed about. That I bet he's. That's a lie. He still tells that story to his buddies when he's drinking a beer in 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 his house with some of his buds. He's like, "Oh man, I remember this one time I ripped like seven lines." I like, yeah, Uh, and he's sure, bud, and he's talking about it, and he was he's smiling, and the interviewer was like, "You're smiling though when you're saying this." He's like, "It's because I'm embarrassed," and I was like, "He's like, and he's like, it's just so." I was like, "You're crazy," Um, but however, we're talking about the restitution. The restitution that he had to pay back only lasted until 2009. And he really hasn't paid back his victims. One victim said that he lost over $250,000 with Jordan Belford, but he's only gotten about $8,000 back. And that barely has covered his lawyer just, and stuff like that. Just more of the same. Yeah. More of the same with these things. Yeah. And in 2013, only 10 million of the 110 million had been paid back. And that was all from forfeited. From the sale of forfeited properties. So they didn't get any money from like the book deal or anything so they did? So he claims that all the money from the book, all the money from the movie went to restitution, but it didn't. I was about to say that should be how it is. Like oh, his absolutely. Entire cut of the, I mean, you they have laws in place where like serial killers and things can't profit off of their... their crimes. I didn't know that. So yeah, they can't write books and get money off of their crimes or anything. Well, um, they shouldn't. And the, exactly. And I know that being a serial killer is different from this kind of thing, but you shouldn't be able to profit off of crime because no, it, it incentivizes crime. No, yeah, exactly. And you've already stole so much money from these people. And then to make more money off of these people, it's wrong. 
Yes. No, it's totally wrong. Um, yeah, he will sit there all day and tell you that every cent of that has gone to the restitution. It just flat out hasn't. Um, in two thousand, in October two thousand and thirteen, federal prosecutors filed a complaint against him for this, but the complaint complaint was eventually withdrawn. Uh, Belford did make a deal with the government that he would pay ten thousand dollars of light. I'm sorry, he would pay ten thousand dollars a month for life towards the restitution. But the story doesn't end there. Oh, <laughs> so Belford sold the rights to his books, both of his books. It's The Wolf of Wall Street and Catching the Wolf of Wall Street. He sold um, the rights to those books to Red Granite Pictures for a million dollars. And so, but now he is suing and he filed a lawsuit in January 2020 for $300 million against Red Granite Pictures. So the law in the lawsuit, Belfort claims that Red Granite is not legitimately or legally funded when they bought the rights to his books. So he's suing them for fraud, negligent misrepresentation, violation of racketeering, influenced, yeah, influenced and corrupt organizations, and a breach of contract, and honestly, much more. Huh, it sounds like something that he you did. would have done, oh. Jordan. Oh, uh, yeah. Like 10 years previous to this. Absolutely. So. And in April 2020, Red Granite filed claims saying that his claims were as morally bankrupt as he is. Ooh, clap back. All right, Red Granite, get it. However, I will say that this is all actually a pretty big scandal. Um, I cannot go into all of this because this is already a two-part episode, but... We're going to actually need to cover this because this scandal is that big, crazy. Huh? It's right. actually crazy. Like, they're taking money from Indonesia. Like, it's really wild. The whole thing is really wild. But Kushan mentioned crypto. Belfort does invest in crypto. And there's some karma here because about $300,000 in crypto was stolen from his wallet in 2021. Well, there you go. Yes. That's why you don't. Don't invest in crypto, boys and girls. Yeah. And that's the story of Jordan Belfort. In the end, it wasn't all quaaludes and strippers for Jordan Belfort. Just like every drug has a high, it also has a come down. For Jordan Belfort, that came that come down resulted in jail time and paying back restitution. But his come down should have been much harder. From lying blatantly to investors to manipulating his employees, Jordan Belfort is the epitome of a douchebag. The scammer still continues to scam to this day, and it would not be white collars red hands if we didn't yell about how he didn't get what he deserved. Today, Jordan Belfort is a free man living with his beautiful wife, and he lives guilt-free, just the way it shouldn't be. Thank you so much for listening to this two-part episode. On a gross, gross man. On a gross, disgusting little piece of shit. A uh, little a little piece of shit baby man. A little stupid, stupid, dumb man. Yep. All right. Who doesn't have abs on his dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you liked what you heard and you want to keep supporting us in different ways, I'll tell you a free way to, I'll tell you a couple free ways to support us. Yeah, tell them. 
You can always follow us on social media. We're on facebook.com slash white collars red hands. We're on Twitter at white collars pod. We're on Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. We're also on TikTok now at white collars red hands. We have clips of our um, episodes on there. Um, another free way to support us is by going on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm sorry, not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rating us. Um, that, you know, when we get ratings, that helps us push us in. It helps push us into more people's feeds and stuff like that. It really does help us. We love five star reviews, but an honest review is also with constructive criticism is also welcomed. Shove us into people's ears. Yeah. If you want an unfree way to support us, we do have merch. You can go on our website at whitecollarsredhands.com. I was going to say at gmail.com. But- whitecollarsredhands. Dot com. Yeah. Um, there is a merch button. If you click on that button and head on over to T Public, you can buy any of your merch needs. Um, if another way to support us is if you hear a white collar crime story and you want us to cover it, if you could send us over those suggestions, we love fan submitted episodes. We try to do one every single season. When so far we have, yeah. Um, you can send those suggestions over to white to haulers red hands at gmail.com. And the last way you can support us is by word of mouth. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your grandma, tell your server, tell everybody. Scream it in the streets. Tell your bus driver. Tell random people. Let them know about us. And I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on another episode of White Collars, Red Red Hands. Hands.